This is Jackson Peterson, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services in Humboldt, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan and Tyler Donaldson. Zaner Ag Hedge Chief Market Analyst Ted Seifred says a lack of fresh news has been tough on grain markets today. Still saying no news is good news. Well, that's only the case if we're in a market that's trending higher, right? And and so for the fact of the fact that we don't really have any news right now that are it's really grain specific, what that means is that we're not getting the good news that we need to like really kind of change things, right? And and that good news would be uh, you know, a whole lot of buying on, on the export sales front, you know, China coming in with some bigger flash sales, things like that. But but for lack of that, we're just kind of following through on the trend that we've been in and that that's not great news for for really corn or soybeans or after today maybe not wheat either estimates of the usda ag outlook forum is also leaning on markets not that the trade really focuses on the ag outlook forum and what their baseline projections are because it's a really really rough estimate we know that it's not done the same way that like a wazi is done um this is really just statistical analysis uh but in the last couple of days, you've had the analyst expectations for what the for, for what this ag outlook board is going to say on Thursday, and for wheat, and for corn, and for soybeans. We're looking at some really big numbers potentially, uh, not only production numbers, but certainly carryover numbers as well. I think that's really kind of leaning on everything. Van On and Company market analyst Christy Van On is waiting for a catalyst to break this corn market out of the winter doldrums. Technically, we're trying to round out these bottoms, and so um, those look good, and I think they'll have their moment to shine. It's just when are we going to be able to get that fire to find somebody to stick with buying these markets, and we just haven't been able to find that. Kind of the same situation for soybeans. To be honest, the soybean chart looks really good. So, um, you know, if you want to just base it off pure technical trading, which a lot of people do, um, you will look at these charts for soybeans and say, hey, this looks really good. We're trying to round out a bottom on NOV24 right above the two standard deviation. And then when you look at this, kind of, we're right there for two standard deviation off the March chart. And Van On says it's just a matter of time before something has to wake up here. We are very close to a key support line for corn on March corn, which is 424. That is a big level when you look at these markets, and we've really like honed in and found this area around this 1180 to uh, 1195 for the March uh, soybeans, then even the deferred contract, 470 for Dece corn, then coming in here on No 24, this 1165 to 1180 area, kind of that same situation. And so they're doing their jobs. It's just not fun to look at these markets right now. Progressive Ag Marketing Market Analyst Brian Strumman expects a slow, choppy grain trade through the end of February. I think so, and I, I think, again, uh, the South American weather, and you know we'll have the option expiration uh, coming up. We'll see those outlook numbers this Friday, and a and, uh, little news in the market, but, uh, again, nothing uh, earth-shaking. Much of northern Brazil was dry Tuesday with fieldwork advancing. Beneficial rains fell on southern Brazil and Paraguay into portions of central Brazil. World Weather Incorporated says rains will expand Friday into Monday in central Brazil with lighter rains to the south. Better rains are expected to return to southern Brazil the last week of February. Argentina will see little rain through next week, allowing for field work to advance rapidly. 
World Weather says recent rain has left much of Argentina with enough soil moisture to support crop development. Rains are expected to return late next week. Total Farm Marketing Market Advisor John Heinberg says there are a few factors driving the grain markets lower today. A couple different things that we're focused on, obviously watching the South American weather, watching prices on the export front for soybeans. We continue to struggle against those cheaper South American beans coming in on the harvest front. Over on the corn side, again, we, we're watching that USD outlook form at the end of the week, looking at some fairly heavy supplies coming through for both corn and soybeans, so maybe that's bringing a little bit of pressure into the market. The other thing, too, on the corn side of the equation, we're getting close to first notice day. That end of the month is here. A lot of basis contracts, a lot of corn needing to find some homes and we're hearing some movement out there and that's probably putting pressure on prices as well. Inflation and demand pressures are dragging down cattle futures. Yesterday we got that inflation print that's on the on the macroeconomic side of the thing. It was a little heavier than the market was anticipating. I think that got the dollar jumping yesterday. I think that was weighing on commodities. That inflation number is something that's probably weighing on the cattle side a little bit here as well. If the consumer doesn't have dollars to buy beef due to inflation maybe refiring up a little bit beef is going to be one of the things that gets hit the most. So we're seeing some pullback there. Those numbers, and we got PPI coming to producer price index yet later this week, as well as some other inflation data next week. Those are things we really need to keep an eye on here. If things are heating back up again, that's going to get that dollar jumping, and that could keep some pressure on the commodity space in general. USDA and Cargill Meat Solutions have reached a settlement agreement on a violation of the Packers and Stockyards Act that occurred in March of 2022. Cargill self-reported that its beef grading cameras were installed incorrectly, resulting in inaccurate yield grades at its four-fed cattle plants. Cargill compensated all sellers for any underpayment using incorrect yield grades. Cargill must seize and desist from failing to meet applicable camera grading installation standards and pay a civil penalty of $155,000. The Minnesota Board of Animal Health has posted a notification of an equine herpes virus myelencephalopathy, or EHM, positive horse in Clearwater County, Minnesota. The equine herpes virus can cause neurological disease, respiratory disease, neonatal death, and abortion. The virus does not affect people or other types of livestock, but has been associated with neurological cases in llamas and alpacas. EHM exposed horses must be quarantined according to the Board of Animal Health EHM control panel. The North Dakota Department of Agriculture has opened the application process for its Bioscience Innovation Grant program. Agriculture Commissioner Doug Goring says any bioscience company in the state is encouraged to apply. The bioscience grant program supports biotechnology, innovation, and commercialization in areas that include crop genetics, biofuels, and farm-based pharmaceuticals. That application deadline is March 31st. This is the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. A snowstorm is sweeping across South Dakota, brushing along the border into North Dakota. Aberdeen National Weather Service meteorologist Catherine King says that most of the accumulation will be in central and southern South Dakota, but that parts of the southern Red River Valley could still see a couple of inches of buildup. 
expecting the snow to continue at least into tonight, and then we're going to get another round on Thursday into Friday morning. And it's going to overlap more in central South Dakota. Areas in northeast South Dakota aren't expected to get nearly as much. The Watertown area could see maybe three to five inches, just depending on where this current band sets up and the track it takes across to the east. Temperatures are expected to rise in the southern Red River Valley by week's end and could even approach the low 40s by next Monday. Temperatures Friday will still be in the low to mid-20s, but we are expecting a pretty good warm-up going into the weekend with Saturday and Sunday highs in the 30s to close to 40. And then for the holiday on Monday, most areas could see high 30s to even low 40s. Further into next week, those temperatures look to continue in the mid-30s to around 40. NDSU Extension has released their crop budgets for 2024 with Extension Farm Management Specialist Ron Haugen claiming most budgets in all regions project a profit for the year. Though expected profits are still down from 2023 numbers thanks to lower commodity prices. Projected budgets cover multi-county regions and can vary between producers within a region with no consideration of price and yield variability or risk. NDSU extension budgets are available online at ndsu.ag forward slash crop budgets, while hard copies are available at NDSU extension county offices. Supply chain disruptions continue to plague U.S. agriculture, but according to Soy Transportation Coalition Executive Director Mike Steenhook, a proactive approach rather than reactive can reduce that impact. There's not a whole lot you can do about drought conditions, um, what Mother Nature decides to do. But there are certainly some things that you can do to prepare for it so that the damage is not as acute as it normally would be. One of the things that I'd like to talk about is the best time to respond to a challenge or a catastrophe is before the catastrophe rather than after the catastrophe. Steenhook cites the dredge work being done on the lower and with lower Mississippi River water levels as evidence of the improvement proactive actions can have on the supply chain. Agriculture collectively, the barge and towing industry, we got ahead of that and we working with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to, to make sure let's get those dredging assets deployed not just once the problem materializes, but as the problem is materializing or even ahead of the problem. And so we ended up seeing a much better account of work by the Corps of Engineers last year in 2023 versus 2022. Even though the, the, the drought conditions were comparable, we had a much better effort and it was less destructive than it would have been if we hadn't gotten ahead of the problem. University of Minnesota Extension sugar beet pathologist Ashok Shanda says producers have gotten good at managing Cercospora leaf spot, but says there are some keys to keep in mind. For me, it's, uh, at least like this part of the valley, you no know, forest spray program is a kind of sweet spot for managing the disease. But on top of the forest spray program, I think what we are seeing is you know, Cercospora is infecting beets earlier in the season, so which means that having that first application before the 4th of July is kind of the critical, because once you suppress you know, some of the earlier infection, you, know, you can just catch up with uh, later sprays. Uh, but you know, hypothetically, if you miss the first spray for a 
seven days. Uh, it's going to be really challenging for you. Even though you do four spray program later in the season, it's not going to be as good as the one that you started you know, be, before July 4th. Switching chemistries with each sprayer improves disease management. Another thing to keep in mind for uh, Stracospora is actually doing the rotating fungicides with uh, different chemistries and, and also doing a lot of tank mixing, especially the triazole fungicides like Inspar-XT, Minerva, Provisol, you know, they're doing all the heavy weight lifting for managing Stracospora. But what we found is, you know, whenever we combine these triazole fungicides with a broad spectrum fungicide like, you know, Mancozeb, which is EBDC, uh, we can actually better manage the Stracospora leaf spot, you know, without causing much problem. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. National Pork Board Director of Domestic Market Development, Neil Hull, spoke during the Minnesota Pork Congress in Mankato. His talk pointed out that the target market for of pork consumers will see a shift. You know, our core consumer today won't be our core consumer 10 years from today. So we have to start looking out further and reaching younger consumers. Um, one of the startling facts that I shared during my presentation was millennials and Gen Z consume less than half of the fresh pork that a boomer does today. Um, boomers are still core to our base. They've been a great consumer for a, a lot of years, but we really have to start looking forward and saying, how do we get into younger households? How pork is consumed is also changing. It's really a different approach because it's less about heavy center of the plate, which is typically, you know, how a boomer family would do it, right, with meat, mashed potatoes, and gravy. And it's more about pork as an ingredient. So really all about pork as an ingredient and really focused on taste and flavor. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis, March wheat down nine and three quarter cents at 662. May wheat down nine and a half at six sixty three and a quarter. Chicago wheat thirteen lower at five eighty four and a half. Kansas City down eight and a half at five eighty six. March corn futures six and a quarter lower at four twenty four and a half. July corn down five and a quarter at four forty seven and a quarter. March soybeans fourteen and three quarters lower at eleven seventy one and a half. May soybeans fourteen and a quarter lower at eleven seventy seven and a half. Soybean meal down a buck fifty a ton at three forty three thirty. Canola in Winnipeg at twelve dollars eighty cents a metric ton lower at five eighty two ninety Canadian. Live cattle April futures. A dollar fifteen lower at one eighty four oh seven. June live cattle down a buck thirty two at one eighty one twenty two. Feeder cattle March down a dollar ninety at two forty six ten. April feeders down two dollars fifteen cents at two forty nine sixty. April lean hogs three dollars fifty cents higher at eighty four fifty five. This is the Red River Farm Network.